Welcome to day 19 of Shaped by the Word on our calendar. This is a Friday. It uh, may be different on your calendar depending on how and when you read this. I would just remind you that uh, not only are we going through the story of Scripture and the narrative passages of Scripture you know, through the weekdays, um, but we've also provided uh, psalms for you to read on the weekend, which is just kind of a breaking routine. Um, in our house, we uh, read them together at breakfast on Saturday as part of our in a family worship together and of course you have the opportunity to gather with the body of christ whether you're a part of christ church or another church listening to this so important to gather with the saints to um, encourage one another through your praise of the lord and submission to his word and to walk deeply in fellowship with him and um, to be a part of the body of christ as well So we hope you're encouraged by the word as you read individually. We hope you're encouraged by the word as you take every opportunity to read together, you know, with your family. And we hope you're encouraged by the word as you gather with a larger family to worship on the weekend. I'm Paul Kemp. I'm here with uh, Matt Kresge and David Keefe and Cindy Kemp. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're reading from Genesis chapter 17, um, the drama of Scripture. And we see God's faithfulness to Abram uh, in spite of Abram's, you know, doubts and Sarah's and unsteadiness and doubt, you know, that we read in the last chapter. And God continues as Abram walks with him to enlarge on his promises. And so uh, we see the promises given in chapter 12, you know, brought into expression of a a covenant, you know, ceremony. We see them uh, enlarged uh, as far as the land that will be given. And now uh, we see it enlarged with the responsibility that the covenant partners will have before God and the sign of the covenant. Uh, that's applied, which will be a big deal when we get to the early part of the gospel, uh, especially in the book of Galatians. So we turn to uh, Genesis chapter 17. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the beauty of your word. We thank you that you have given us a wonderful expression of your works and your deeds and your heart. And Father, we thank you. We see you in your faithfulness in spite of the unfaithfulness of of your people. We see you sustaining you know, people like Abram and Sarah in the middle of a strange land and a strange place with not any place to tie them you know, down to the land, not even a piece of land. And Father, we reflect on your faithfulness to us and we thank you for your continued revelation of your heart and of your spirit and of your will through the scripture. May we be faithful to hear your word and respond. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I'll make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You'll be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I'll make you very fruitful. I'll make nations of you, and kings will come from you. I'll establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Then God said to Abram, As for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you for the generations to come. This is my covenant with you and with your descendants after you, the covenant you are to keep. Every male among you shall be circumcised. 
You are to undergo circumcision. It will be a sign of the covenant between me and you. For the generations to come, every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised, including those born in your household or bought with your money from a foreigner, those who are not your offspring. Whether born in your household or bought with your money, they must be circumcised. My covenant in your flesh is to be an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who has not been circumcised in the flesh will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. God also said to Abraham, As for Sarah, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarah. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will become the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Abraham fell face down, and he laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of ninety? And Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael might live unto your blessing. Then God said, Yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will surely bless him. I'll make him fruitful and will greatly increase his numbers. He will be the father of twelve rulers, and I will make him into a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. When he had finished speaking with Abraham, God went up from him. On that very day, Abram took his son Ishmael and all those born in his household, or bought with his money, every male in his household, and circumcised them as God had told them. Abram was ninety-nine years old when he was circumcised, and his son Ishmael was thirteen. Abram and his son Ishmael were both circumcised on that very day. And every male in Abram's household, including those born in his household or bought from a foreigner, was circumcised with them. As I said, you can kind of see the gravity that will come into the New Testament argument, whether those who are living under the covenant of Abraham, uh, you know, should receive should receive circumcision. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can see that serious case for this, as those who don't do it will be cut off from their people, and they have broken, you know, faithfulness with us. But the whole idea of, you know, circumcision, you know, through the Old Testament, uh, will find, you know, find a, a new depth of meaning. This is a mark that sets apart the people of God. But you'll see the prophets, you know, crying out, and even Moses crying out in Deuteronomy before the people go into the land of Israel, not simply to have a mark in their body, but to have a mark on their heart, circumcision of the heart. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, when we get to Philippians, uh, you know, chapter 3, Paul defines this. It's a work of the Holy Spirit in the heart that makes us the circumcision, not the outward mark, but the inward mark. Mm-hmm. That's a part of it. But here it's the sign of covenant faithfulness. And uh, Israel is not the only one to adopt you know, this, this, this covenant sign. And, and many of the nations around them, they adopted the covenant sign whenever you know, a young man became a, a young man, so about 13, 14, or 15. So he took on the responsibility of manhood as a, as a mark of that. But here it, it, it comes from the very beginning that uh, you're set aside to belong you know, to God. After eight days, uh, after your uh, after eight day, after 
eight days after you've been born. Hard to do math on those birth things sometimes because uh, births are so exhausting. You know, when you go what through day is them. It? Yes, exactly. But you have a, of course, you have Abram, 99 years old, which uh, that, that could not have been fun. An entire group, we know there's at least 318 train guys around here. Yeah. They're looking at each other going, What? You want us to do what? God told you what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, God told me. People just. <laughs> So what are some other things that you see in the passage? I mean, just the command of God, even at the beginning, you know, he identifies himself. I am God Almighty. And then you can just kind of skip over these words real fast, but walk before me faithfully and be blameless. You know, this call to obedience and even in light of this covenant of, of grace and, and God putting the whole covenant onto himself, as we've seen, he's still calling his people to obedience, to kind of a holiness or a, uh, a purity, a righteousness, walk upon me faithfully and be blameless. Um, sadly, we'll see us failing at that time and time again until we kind of we do receive that circumcision of the heart, that new heart that Ezekiel and Jeremiah spoke of that can actually give us the desires to walk faithfully and, and to obey. So getting signs of that, though, even here. No, and it, it it is you know something that we struggle with you know deeply you know the place of place of our works and in the place of you know faith in God's grace and of course the call to be who we are is always you know in response to God manifesting Himself among us. So you have you know Paul you know in Ephesians bringing it you know to a, to a nice point you know says for it's by grace we have been saved. Through faith, and this is not of yourself, not of work, so that none of you can boast. Mm-hmm. For we are God's creation, or God's poema, you know, God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus, uh, you know, for for good works. Your works do not bring you to salvation, but your works are the natural response to the salvation, you know, that you have that you have been given. And of course, this goes back, you know, to the creation mandate where Adam and Eve were created to reflect the heart and character of God and to steward the resources. Mm-hmm. That he had given them, you know, for his glory and for uh, the sake of others, and for ultimately for their joy, and that is a call of Abraham as well. You're to reflect my heart and character in the way that you live, in the way that you operate, to be a blessing to the nations, and also uh, to bring glory to me. Yeah. I love just how God identifies Himself at the very beginning. You know, I am God Almighty, El Shaddai. Yeah, just over the last. Someone should write a song. (laughs) (laughs) They just say it a bunch. (laughs) Just all those over the last several chapters, just watching how God continues to reveal Himself to Abram. You know, He shows up, and and you just get it's the Lord. You you get the covenant name, Um, but then Melchizedek shows up, and he calls him El Elyon. You know, the God Most High, and and Abram repeats that. You know, and we're like, when did Abram do that? You know, I raise my hand to God Most High. Um, but then even this reflection in chapter 16 where she says, you know, um, you get the God who, who hears. And now you get, you know, God showing up and I am God Almighty. And, and all these promises that, that Abram's received, you know, bank on, on this reality that, that God is a God who is a covenant-keeping God. Mm-hmm. But he is, he is God Almighty. He can keep these promises. Um, he's, a, he's a powerful God. And I just love the way he reveals himself. Uh, and and isn't that why I mean just why we need all of Scripture? Because how many times do we just as we're reading the pages of Scripture see God reveal an aspect of His character to us that we're just like, man, I, I missed that or I needed that. And, and God knows how to minister to His people. In, in the same way, uh, 
Abram is slowly getting to know who this God is, yeah. and, and you're right there. There have been you know these nice expressions of El Elyon, El Shaddai, uh, El uh, Roy, um, and the God who sees, God who is mighty, um, and um, and you have these you know, unfolding in here. The same thing happens as us as we go through the story of Scripture. We see. Uh, with Abram and with the people of Israel, the unfolding grace and grandeur and majesty of the Lord, and, it, and it's not something we we see once and never look at again. It's something we continually want to see and remind ourselves of of how He is faithful, you know, to these people, how He is faithful to us, and how He has been ultimately, you know, faithful in the person of Christ. Mm-hmm. And we see His faithfulness, you know, He. he Genesis one twenty eight told Abraham or told Noah, you know, be fruitful and multiply. After the flood, he has the same kind of command to Noah, and then even there, he it's, it's changed a little bit in verse six. But I will make you fruitful, and so getting again, seeing the the, the hand of God at work through Abraham, that, that he's the one. I will make you a father of many nations. I will make you fruitful. I will make many nations of you, and many kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant. I just love seeing that the personal nature of, of God taking those things upon himself in, in the life of Abraham and in the story of redemption. I find it curious in verse 17 and 18. I mean, it's after God has said that he was going to do all this, that Sarah would, you know, would bear a child, that he falls face down and laughs and says, how can that be a hundred and, and Sarah 90? And why do we just let Ishmael be under this blessing? Because <laughs> I find that sometimes it's, it's easy to maybe want to put your hope or faith in the things that you see <clears throat> or what's in front of you instead of just this promise that God continues to 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 give but how can that be you know yeah it's a you have to wonder you know but the, at, at the laughter uh, whether it's you know, an incredulous laugh or whether it's a you know a joyous laugh or there's a mixture you know of, of, of both you know taking place here you're you're right his responses you know let's let's just let's do the easy way let's just <laughs> you know go through you know, we already have a 13 year old son yeah, <laughs> you know, let's, let's uh you know let's just kind of work work with him <laughs> sorry you, you, you can imagine that's right yeah that's right <laughs> it's teenage years god you have to <laughs> i want another one <laughs> <laughs> 15 when i'm paying you want me to reset <laughs> yeah you, you want us to do this again yeah uh, but uh no you're right and it, it is a. Uh, uh, and of course, it's a promise that the, you know this has always been a promise, you know, between you and Sarah. Mm-hmm. It's always been a promise, mm-hmm. you know, in the middle of something that's impossible. You know, we were introduced to Sarah, you know, in Genesis chapter eleven as someone who was unable to have children, who was barren and unable to have children, and now she's you know ninety years old, and the promise you know will come through. And, and again, our understanding of God's timing. Yeah. Uh, you know, God's delay doesn't mean that he is not answering his promises. He's always answering his promises. Mm-hmm. David, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah, uh, let's pray. And Father, we thank you uh, again for uh, a great week in your word. We thank you for the unfolding drama of Scripture as we see your promises coming again and again and again to Abraham. We thank you that you are the faithful covenant keeper um, despite our unfaithfulness despite our at times unbelief um, all the division that that our sin can cause um, we thank you that you are with us and that you walk with us that you're near 
and that you um, have, have not forgotten. And so we thank you for all the wonderful promises we've seen and how they point us into the great and amazing promises uh, that are fulfilled in Christ. And so may our hearts uh, be, be renewed, restored, and, and refreshed in, in the promises of Christ that have been given graciously to us. And may our hearts overflow in, in praise and worship to our great rescuer and our great Savior, Jesus. We pray this all in his name. Amen.